This podcast is part of the Democracy Group. Welcome to Politics is Everything, a podcast of the Center for Politics at the University of Virginia. I'm your host, Kara ong On Friday, September 23rd, the Center for Politics honored and recognized all of the police officers, state troopers, National Guard, firefighters, and emergency responders who protected members of the U.S. Congress, their staff, journalists, and other public servants at the Capitol on January 6, 2021, as the legislative branch of America's democracy carried out the constitutionally prescribed certification of the results of the 2020 presidential election. The center gave its inaugural Defender of Democracy Awards to law enforcement officers who protected and defended our republic on January 6. Private First Class Harry Dunn, Officer Caroline Edwards, Former Officer Michael Fanone, Sergeant Dacalino Ganell, Private First Class Eugene Goodman, and Officer Daniel Hodges received the Center for Politics's 2022 Defenders of Democracy Award for not only defending democracy on January 6th, but also for their commitment to justice and accountability to prevent future violence and attacks on the electoral process. Despite the challenges of being in the public eye while continuing full-time duty, officers Dunn, Edwards, Fanone, Gunnell, Goodman, and Hodges have all testified about the January 6, 2021 attacks in their personal capacity, and they've not done so for personal gain. To the contrary, they've been attacked and threatened for continuing to speak out. These officers who put their own lives at risk have said that everyone has a job in protecting democracy. Their bravery and selflessness that day and their continued efforts speaking out for justice and accountability have made them reluctant heroes, but heroes nonetheless. Approximately 140 police officers were assaulted at the Capitol, including about 80 U.S. Capitol Police and about 60 from the Metropolitan Police Department. Many officers have quietly resigned because of that day. A bipartisan Senate report found that at least seven people lost their lives in connection with the insurrection. One of those who died was Private First Class Brian Sicknick, who passed away after confronting pro-Trump rioters and suffered two strokes. His partner, Sandra Garza, joined us on his behalf to accept the award posthumously. The award will be displayed at the U.S. Capitol Police. Less discussed are the at least four police officers who died by suicide in the months after they responded to the attack. Two of the families also joined us to accept the award posthumously on their behalf. Private First Class Howard Liebengood and Officer Jeffrey Smith. Although the culmination of years, if not decades of priming by various actors, January 6th represents the most dramatic and violent manifestation of an increasingly divisive political climate and escalating attacks on the legitimacy of our political system and our nation's experiment in self-governance. Despite congressional and news media efforts to bring to light and hold perpetrators accountable, the threats to the American electoral process remain, as the big lie has metastasized into a growing movement that includes hundreds of elected officials and candidates around the country who have falsely claimed that the 2020 election was rigged and who refuse to accept election defeat. While many would like to move on, the January 6th attempted coup and insurrection must serve as a constant reminder to everyone that our democracy is not invincible. 
And these officers cannot be the sole force in holding the line. Democracy requires more from all of us. After the Defender of Democracy award ceremony on Friday, I had the chance to sit down with Sergeant Dacolino Ganell, and he shared more of his story with us. I hope you enjoy the conversation. We're in the process of producing a documentary of January 6th, as told from the perspective of the officers who defended the Capitol that day. There is a link in the episode notes to support this effort. Sergeant Dacolino Ganell, I wonder if you can share a little bit about your experience on January 6th and also talk a little bit about what justice and accountability will look like to you. A lot of people fail to see is that for me, it's different. Different in the sense of, like, if you take a look, Michael Fanon, he was born here. If you see Hodges and and Harry Dunn, they also were born here. I didn't. I was born in the Dominican Republic. I came here when I was 12 years old. Um, Several years later, I became, um, I joined the military before I was even a naturalized citizen. And when I did get a chance to become a USA citizen as a naturalized, um, that was in 2001, around after 9-11, two months, I think it was. And then two years later, I find myself being deployed to Iraq. I did my tour, came back, and years later, moving forward to January 6, 2021, here I am defending the Capitol again. I defended the country both overseas and here home, foreign and domestic. If you see pretty much what the uh, off of uh, the uh, uh, off of religion, say, and if you look at my perspective, one thing that is different is that I am an immig- immigrant, no matter what. Even after having been naturalized, people will see me as such. Sometimes I'm on walking down the street and they don't see me as an American. They see me as a Mexican or any other uh, country because I don't look like them. Not knowing that I had done so much for this country and that I had spent uh, half of my life as a public servant for this country. And I get upset sometimes by the leniency that some of these charges I've been brought up to uh, some of the rioters. And the reason why, because if that was me, if that was me taking part in the insurrection, how would it be? I only had two options, either in jail 
or having my behind deported. Because one of the condition of you is stipulations that when you get the citizenship is that you need to be a role model, that you need to follow the law and defend the Constitution of the United States. And if you don't, you are subject to deportation. Now imagine me doing one of those things that the writer did, attack the police officer, breach the Capitol, um, hunt down the member of the Congress and the vice president, and put in jeopardy the security, national security of the United States by taking part in the mob. If I'm found guilty, I could see myself being deported or in jail for a long, long time. I had to work for my citizenship. I had to earn my citizenship. And here you are having so many people that were born in this country attacking the very same thing that I just want to know as a foreigner, as an immigrant, attacking the place that I call home for 17 years, 16 years of, uh, of my um, police career. That's one of the things that bothers me that much that some of the judges say, oh, you get home arrest or you get prob probation. Not knowing that I could lose my citizenship, that I could be in jail, that I, before I do something, I had to think not only how is that going to affect me here in the United States, but also my relatives back home because they still depend on me, on my sort of income. And I had tried to do that every single time that I had to make a decision, staying out of trouble, uh, doing the right thing, calling out injustices whenever I can, or just simply doing my job. What would they think? Or what, how would this affect my family here and at home? back in the Dominican Republic. Um, I come from a small town where they, to this day, 30 years later, they don't even have a role. It's a dirt role. And recently I, I met the president of the Dominican Republic here, the capital. And I took the liberty to ask him about that role. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully, um, God willing, he he would do something about it, knowing that he had, uh, spoke highly of me and my family back home because he, I didn't know that he knew my family back home or some of my relatives. It's his one, his uh, the general in the Dominican Republic. His name last name was Gunnell, so he knows the type of family we are. We're loyal. We are service servants. Uh, and and we when we say we're going to do something, we we do it. So I did take the liberty, and hopefully uh, he he will reciprocate and and do that. But again, my situation, the way I look things, I bought into the American system, the American value, the things that we hear 
when we are li- when we leave, live overseas, American, the land of the opportunity, everybody's treated equal. Um, no one is above the law. And all this, all this was tested on January 6th and onward. Uh, because what we did, uh, and you have people who don't believe that what we did was worth it, that was, uh, was not warranted. But without what we did, there would have been a lot of people dead. We would have been a massacre. Because when they were trying to get into the, the capital, they were telling us that they were there to hurt people. They were telling me, I'm going, we're going to execute. Anybody in there deserve it. And if we had to go through you, we'll go through you. You are a traitor. You are a disgrace. You're choosing your paycheck over your oath. You, and, and like I was telling the other young lady, at one point they, they scream. And that's one of the things that I still remember clearly when they say, you you are not even an American. I don't know how can they see that was not an American through my gas mask or whether they were referring to something else. But I heard that, and I'm like, what is more American than defending the Capitol, keeping you off, defending the Capitol and, and the member themselves? And we have some of the very same people who we protected that day going on the same day of our congressional testimony, appearing in front of the Justice Department and say, we are here to denounce the treatment of the, the people who attacked the police officers uh, and call them patriots. What they're telling me is that they consider me and my colleagues who defended them, who kept them safe, that we were the bad guy. We were the bad guy because we didn't let them stop whatever their goal was, which was clearly hunting down the members themselves, stopping, stopping the transfer of power and stopping democracy at work. Um, I don't know how they could live with themselves. Uh, I know what I did is true. I could tell you a hundred times and a hundred times is going to be the same story. I know what I did. And one day, several months ago, my, my son told me, I told him about, I'm talking to him because you try to shield them sometime from certain things. And I told him, do you know why, what I did in the cap? And he like, well, when, when the bad guys went inside and like, yeah, um, why they did, why they did it, he asked. And I'm like, well, they believe somebody or certain things that were not true. But one day you read that, um, in school, in college, in history books. And immediately after I said that, he goes, well, if I'm there, uh, I'll just jump and say, well, that's that's my dad, that's my dad. I immediately started choking. Uh, I didn't expect that reaction from him. And the other time I spoke to my wife uh, about two or three months ago, and I'm going to give you, um, so I'm going to give you an anecdote. And on January 7, 
I got home at 4 a.m. and by 8 o'clock I was already on my way back to work. My wife, she was pissed. She was like, you need to go take care of your injuries. And in my mind, I'm like, any other day, I would no doubt I would be in the hospital by then. But I understood what was at stake. Um, and I didn't tell her that I was going to work. She thought I was going to the hospital. And I, I got ready, get dressed, and like, help me pack. I'm going back to the capital. I didn't tell her anything else. And about three months ago, like I was mentioning, I told her, do you remember, do you understand why I did what I did and why I went to the Capitol? And she said, I was pissed. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know you were upset. You cared and you were upset at me. I was upset at what happened and you were trying to take care of me. I understood that. But one thing that you have to understand is as much as I wanted to stay, as much as I wanted to go to the hospital, I saw the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. I thought these people were coming back. Mm -hmm. And if they had come back, they would have come back with weapons and kill everybody in the, in the Capitol, including police officers. And I wanted to be there to help defend the Capitol defend our country, defend everything that I believe in. And one of the things that I wanted to, the reason why I wanted to defend that was because that would have secured your future, you and our son, because God knows how this country would have been if they had been how they succeeded. And I didn't care, just like I did on January 6th. I didn't care who was I protecting, but at that time, I care. Because I, I saw if I don't go back or if they come back, I'm doing this for my wife and kid. I didn't care about my life at that point. If I had to sacrifice my my life, I did it the day before. This time I'm doing it for my family because I want them to live in a free and prosperous country. Uh, this country is not perfect, but it's great. So many people, you can see that on the border, the people trying to come here. Some of them legally, some of them illegally, whatever. You can't judge people for trying to be and wanting to be something better. And as a immigrant myself, I don't shut down the door behind me. I try to understand why they're doing it. I understand, but I also understand that we had to do it legally. But on January 6th, like I was telling my wife, I was just thinking about my family, what their future, and whether that was worth it. And to me, that was worth it. So worth it that I was willing to risk my life again as injured and battered as I was. And she told me when I said that to her, like I never look at it at that way. Now I see it. 
Well, we we may have arguments. We have squirrel squirrels or, or um, argument dis- disagreement, but at the end of the day, um, I'm doing everything possible to keep everybody together and safe. One of the things that I'm trying to do is hold people accountable what they did to me. I had identified myself so far being assaulted one way or the other, roughly about 50 different times by different people. Is it ideal? Is it easy? No. But I know I have to. And if I had to tell my story a hundred times more, if I had to sit in court and listen to the defense telling me like they, this person did about three weeks ago, were you even at the Capitol on January 6th at all? This is in court. A defense lawyer asking me whether I was there on January 6th because I kept telling her there's a guy underneath that mob and there's an officer that I was trying to help. And she continued to say that there was nobody there. And I'm like, if you play the other video from a different angle, you'll see the officer there. I know what I saw. I know what I did. And she had the balls, or as my wife says, she had the ovaries to ask me whether I was there on January 6th at all in the first place. I just had to laugh. I know what you're doing, you're trying to push my buttons, but you're good, you're good. Yes, I was there. And I don't know, they had to live with themselves. I'm at peace with myself, I know what I did. And like I said, if I had to do it again, I would do it again, but it wasn't fun and I'm looking to do it again. And I hope that if there is a next time, Hopefully this is Sergeant Gunnell, the officer Eugene Goodman, a Harry Dunn, a Michael Fanon, a Hodges, Smith, anybody else. And all the other officers who remain on name that did their job because our country will depend on it. And I hope and I pray to God that nothing of those things happen again and that we do everything possible to prevent it in the first place. Thank you so much for all that you have sacrificed for our country and for our democracy. You've said that other people also have a responsibility to protect our democracy. What do you want to share with them and encourage them to do? Um, one of the things that they could do from day one is just register to vote. The other one is, if you are voting, vote somebody who is respectable, somebody who doesn't lie to you, somebody who, because you wouldn't hire me if I would tell you, hey, I could fix this house and gutter it down and then leave and say, well, the house is done. You like, are you out of your mind? And you never 
hire me and you will sue me. You will tell everybody else, do not hire Sonny Gunnell because he left my house, gutted, and told me it was finished. People see what they want to see. They believe what they want to believe. I get it. You didn't win. Imagine if the Hillary Clinton supporter who had done what this guy did, his supporter and him did. Imagine that. Will you be singing a different tune if they did that? I'm sure you did. For sake, you, they did three years of Benghazi, and that was another country, in another continent. And this happened at the Capitol, 16 blocks from the White House, and they were the target themselves, and they don't want an investigation of what happened. When you have the next three people in line to the succession of the presidency, the vice president, his wife and kid, the nuclear code that he's traveling with, nuclear football, the speaker of the house, the Senate pro tem, and everybody else from the, from, from, from the other, both branches, uh, the Senate and the house. And that is not his national security. You must be out of your mind. Because if I did that, again, my behind would be back in, in the Dominican Republic, deported, and no right to appeal, or be in jail. But here they are justifying and uh, attempting to deflect and uh, making excuses for what this guy did. And I pray to God that Nobody else attempt to do the same thing because it's going to be horrible for for our country. Thank you. Thank you so much.